Welcome to Beyond the Pink Cloud, the podcast where we talk about moving forward in our lives through recovery and navigating the world with grace, ease, and humor. We've got tools and strategies from the experts to help you live with less stress and increased ease. Let's get into today's episode. Before we hop into today's episode, I really want to send out a heartfelt thanks to everyone listening and everyone who supports the podcast and hopefully get some benefit from all of the fantastic guests that agree to come on and speak with me. If you'd like more Beyond the Pink Cloud, please join our Facebook group. Beyond the Pink Cloud is the name of the group, a community for sober women, and the link to the group is in the show notes. Without further ado, let's start the episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. This is your host, Dr. Alice Kirby. Uh, I'm pretty thrilled today to have with me Mr. Jason Stevenson. He is a meditation facilitator, and he has, I think, well over a million subscribers to your channel on YouTube. A lot of his meditations, sleep meditations and other are also very popular on channels such as Spotify, Amazon, iTunes. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Jason. Thank you for inviting me, Alice. It's uh, it's lovely. It's always lovely to share and to to talk with you too. It's wonderful. I was uh, really excited to talk with you. I know I discovered your meditations probably maybe a year and a half ago when I was having a lot of trouble with insomnia, um, and so they've since been very beneficial for me. And so now I recommend them to essentially all of my clients or patients. Uh, who wow. want to like experiment with meditation and who are having sleep issues as well. So That's thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. My mom is really a big fan. I have to say I introduced oh. her to your work and she's like, tell Jason, I said, hi. Oh, hello so. to Alex's mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your background and your history and sort of what brought you to, to be this involved with meditation and to, you know, create your life's work around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it starts, I guess it starts way back probably in my, I, I, I attended my first uh, meditation class with my mum way back when I was probably about 16. And that was more out of the fascination. I had, I had even no idea what meditation was about, to be honest. I just thought, oh, I'll just go. It sounds interesting. In fact, I think I can remember walking into that class and thinking meditation was about floating, levitating off the ground. That's how much I just had no idea. And uh, so I was pretty disappointed when that didn't happen in the class. But I do remember walking out of that class like with a really feeling really at peace for the first time in a while. And anyway, didn't sort of follow it up from there. Um, Just had heard about it through some counselling sessions. And, you know, and I I went through a bit of a rough uh, time in my uh, late twenties, um, kind of. Uh, we got a bit of time. Can I talk about this? Oh, got- please do. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it was a bit of a rough time, and began to, you know, I mixed with the wrong crowd, and began to um, abuse my body and my mind and my spirit with with drugs and alcohol and just little care of, of um, about who I was and who other people were as well, you know, and I think it was coming out of a, it was a time when I had been singing. I used to do a lot of singing in the past and things were starting to fall through for me. They weren't happening as I wanted them to happen. Hmm. And I began to feel 
angry with the world and I was frustrated that I was trying, always trying my best. I'd worked for such a long time, so I was telling myself. And, and so things began to fall through, no jobs come up, everything kind of dried up. And then, you know, someone introduced me to, to drugs and I ecstasy, in fact, it was. And, and I remember just that feeling of um, peace and, and, you know, that ecstatic feeling. And so I decided that, wow, oh, is this what it takes to feel good again? Hmm. And so, of course, then I began to go into that more and more and more to the point of really just things spiralling out of control for me. And, you know, it wasn't till later, till very later, and I was, um, my health took a turn. Things got really bad for me. And, uh, in fact, I was diagnosed with H- as HIV positive um, in 2005, and so it was a really a bit of a rough time, to say the least. And then it was almost like I had a choice. Mm-hmm. I could continue to go on the way I was going on. And, you know, it really wasn't much of a choice for me, let me tell you. Um, I decided then and then that I, that I had to uh, change and clean up my act and I, that I don't want people to go through what I went through. And so I... Had launched, I'd launched a CD for children called I Believe in Me and because I realised that this all stemmed from the fact that I didn't believe in myself from even a young, younger child and there's self, there were self-esteem issues there uh, and so I wanted kids to grow up that if they are feeling different or if they don't fit in or if they are bullied that they can go seek internally to find that strength within, that they are beautiful. Um, And so I recorded this CD, I Believe in Me, um, affirmations and meditation in word and song. I sold it on eBay and it began to sell and more and more and more. And then someone said to me, "Um, would you ever do an adult's meditation? And I thought, why not Mm -hmm. do an adult's one? And so then I did an adult's one and then, a friend suggested that I, you know, start to advertise these CDs on YouTube. And so I began to put up a few on YouTube and that's when things began to take a turn because my YouTube channel began to grow mm-hmm. and grow more than even my everything else than the eBay CDs and YouTube began to take off. And that brings me to this very moment where I am here now Six, I've been doing it for about six years now. Yeah, that's where I am. And med- I mean, meditation was in, in between that first experience that I was telling you about in my, when I was 16, I had dabbled in meditation and in fact attended a Buddhist monastic retreat, 10 day mm. retreat. And that was profound for me. And so I think from then I, I knew that, um, yeah, meditation was a way to go, was a, was a pathway, was a tool that we can use. And, and thank goodness now, you know, I've picked it up and shared it with others but, but, but use it as a tool for myself each and every day. When you were 
kind of coming out of that dark period that you talked about where you'd been doing more heavy drug use and um, got the diagnosis and you said your health was suffering. Was meditation a big part of you coming out of that period or is that something that you kind of picked up after doing some other steps to get your health back? Meditation and affirmations were a part of, were a part of this helping me get out of this and, and, you know, listening to lots of positive growth and, um, and, uh, inspiring movies and recordings and yeah that that was all that all became a part of going back and finding that peace within uh, which I had I had neglected or it was clouded over with with everything else with alcohol and and drugs and wanting to fit in and wanting to belong and so I just was pushing everything down and and so, yeah, that those moments of meditation and peace really, really began to help me. It took me a while. It wasn't quick. It's not a well, certainly wasn't a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe it was, took me about a year, year and a half to start to get my head above the water again. Mm. Were you other than the Buddhist retreat that you mentioned? Were you going to formal meditation classes or doing more like recorded type things? I know you mentioned you were listening and reading inspirational books and other inspirational material. I went to some again. I, I'm blessed to well, I was blessed at the time to live near the largest Buddhist temple in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia, and Nantian Temple, and so I often would do uh, meditation classes there, Tai Chi. And also, uh, they helped me to bring singing back because I ended up singing uh, Buddhist songs uh, across the world in Taiwan and Malaysia, and and so I surrounded myself uh, with these amazing, peaceful people, so giving and so generous. And uh, yeah, I've got a real soft spot for that Nantian Temple now, and for the staff that work there. That helped me through. That's wonderful. It's good Mm. to have that support. I think when you're making those big, huge lifestyle changes away from, you know, heavy alcohol or drug use and trying to figure out what the, what the next steps are and what the right thing is to do to just, you know, first to feel normal again, but then to feel good again. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a man, there was a gentleman up the road from me that, uh, who I could let everything out to. And he was much older than me, but much more wiser and he would just come in and we'd have co- deep conversations on spirituality and, and uh, beyond life. And, and he helped me out so much. He's, he's now passed on, but uh, he was an absolute inspiration. So even if you can just get one person that you can connect with and bond with, it can just help so much. Just yeah. adds to it all. That's wonderful. Mm. So I I guess, and I was asking that question in part two for people who might be new to meditation or wanting to try it or wanting to find resources like um, Mm. you were lucky enough to have other than doing some of the guided, the guided meditations, like what you Mm. offer on, on YouTube and some of these other places. What do you think is like a good guideline to follow when you're trying to find a a teacher or someone like that, that man you were just describing? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, well, luckily today, and I know online is an amazing opportunity now because we can literally tap into so many people now. I mean, 
I'm going to share with you one of my favorites in the meditation field and probably one of the most experienced in when it comes to mindfulness meditation. I love this man dearly. He's from the USA. It's John Kabat-Zinn. Hmm. And I know that he brought mindfulness to the West and has it in hospitals now and, and for stress reduction clinics and things. He has some beautiful meditations to begin with that I still listen to his work and I love his work. Uh, so he's fantastic. But also if you can get involved um, in meditation groups, even in your local area, that's just come to my mind because I was also involved in a meditation group. I would turn up each week and we would meditate in a circle um, for maybe 30, 45 minutes and then we would share our experiences afterwards and that was uh, really good just to to know that you were sharing that space with everyone there that is seeking. We're all seeking a more content uh, and more peace within, content lifestyle, and, and that was a beautiful thing. So I think community, so you're not doing it on your own, uh, is great. Uh, and also when you have, you, because we when you begin to meditate, you have questions too. So if you can reach out to someone for, for questions, it's, it really does help. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it helps to, I think, ground the practice too, when you're surrounded by other people doing it and you have, you know, teachers or more experienced people you can question, like you were saying it, it, I think it helps us to like contain and embody the practice that much more than, than just doing it alone. I totally agree. And and some, here's the thing, sometimes, especially when you begin meditation, if you have any doubts that you're doing it right or that you, you're unsure, then that's the time when you can kind of quit and think, I can't do this, mm-hmm. when in fact the sad part is you probably, everyone can do it. It's like these gifts that we were born with, really, we just need to train our mind to 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 be focused and and it's training. It's just like anything else. You know, I still have days where I, uh, I'll be doing a meditation and I won't, I'll want to stop and I'll think I've got too much on, you know, too much to do. You know, I, I don't want to do this. You know, these are the thoughts going into my mind and I, I recognise whenever they come up, those thoughts, I'm like, okay, well, you can sit here now for another 10 minutes because I really realise that it's those times when I need meditation the most. I need to sit there and sit with that thought and, you know, allow that thought to be but then just bring my attention back to my breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you practice meditation for yourself, do you, do you I know you mentioned your, um, the other man. Ke- oh, yeah, John Cabot-Zinn. Cabot-Zinn, yeah. that's what I thought yeah. you said. Um, do you do a lot of guided meditations for your own personal practice or do you tend to just kind of sit and do more mindfulness and breath awareness or some of both? Yeah, I do some of both. I mean, for the most part right now, I'm doing uh, mindfulness breath awareness without any recordings. That's more beneficial for me. However, upon saying that, when I do uh, just before bedtime, if I'm struggling with if i'm really got a lot on my mind if i'm struggling with a lot i will switch on a um, a guided meditation mm-hmm. to help me to to focus if if the mind's just going crazy 
I think it's yeah. nice, um, especially in a lot of your meditations in particular with the sleep uh, to sort of guide people out of that really busy mind, especially if you're just laying in bed and it's maybe harder to do like a, a, just a breath awareness or like something we mm. would do in a sitting practice. It's really comforting to just have, you know, your voice or the voice of a, a skilled practitioner to kind of wind us through an experience and allow for the mind to be otherwise focused. Mm, I agree with that I, because isn't it funny that, that at the moment we lie down, you know, we put our heads on the, the pillow, that's when, you know, when we've slowed down, our mind, though, hasn't slowed down for a lot of the part. And especially if we're going through any stressful periods, it seems like our mind becomes even louder at those times. And so those guided, you know, meditations at that time can really be good to just keep pulling us back. Mm -hmm. So just recognizing those thoughts but pulling us back okay back to the breathing back to the breathing because you can be you know we can have those those thoughts going on and we might drift away for two minutes or something and then if we've got no one to call us back then you know two minutes have gone and we've been off in another place yeah it's like we're floating completely detached from our bodies so much of the time Mm. Mm. when you started down this path, did you imagine that it was going to turn into like more of a business for you? Or did you, it sounds like you, like when you first started, you said you did the, the um, CD for the kids, which I'd mm. love to get a hold of that, give to my niece. Mm. But did you, like, how did you know, or at what point did you know, like, oh, wow, this is more, you know, part of my life's work and the work that I'm going to be doing and creating this business around it? Yeah, um, I certainly did not know at the beginning and and I didn't even um, have any thoughts of turning it into a business. I just wanted to put out this CD for children with with singing and affirmations and a guided meditation. I had no idea of what was to come. Um, it, was, it was when YouTube started to take off that, you know, all these subscribers started coming in. I thought, hmm, these people want to see more and they want more and they want more. And so then I was doing more and more and, and then I started to, earn an income from that through the ad revenue uh, to the point where I could leave my full-time job. And then I realized that, wow, I can make a living doing this. And, you know, now, of course, it's, it's been a blessing. You know, it's allowed me to employ people, a team of people behind me and, uh, and to, to reach so many more people than I, than I could ever possibly have imagined yeah that's good how does that feel in your body when you think about that like what do you notice happens for you that just gives me tingling feelings you know all (laughs) over it really does it's um it's such a sometimes I'm so you know I'm so humbled like I can't explain it. it it means a lot to me and to help so many people that means a lot that means a real lot to me and it's a real I can confirm that that's my calling. I know that this is my pathway uh, in in reaching out to people. And whether that be through meditation or through workshops or presenting speaking engagements or whatever it is, it's just it feels a real gift to now recognise my calling. And it's, it's taken, you know, 53 years of my life to get here, but it's, but it's here. Yeah. yeah, that's great. It's <laughs> exciting to 
to speak with people who are, have have that recognition of like, yeah, this is my calling and it's taken me time. But I'm, like you said, I'm so humbled by the work I'm doing. It's uh, mm. it's really just refreshing and, and lovely and, and makes me feel very connected as a human to other people in this human experience. Um, sure. And yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would love to, I want to do that. I want to go out. I plan to do a tour next year and I, I want to reach out to people and through my singing and through my speaking uh, to help other people uh, to recognize that whilst they're alive, even if they don't feel that they've found their passion in life or their calling, that it could be just around the corner. Indeed, indeed. And, mm. and yeah, I mean, life is short. I, I feel like what else are we doing other than trying to take steps to I, you know, not so much to find it, but just to, to do the things that really make us feel good, you know, and, and, yeah. and, sh- and share those things. I'm not saying this very eloquently, but it's something I'm quite passionate about of, you know, mm. how can I continue to just feed myself with things that make me feel good inside and then offer those to other people? So I think nice. that's the thing. I think um, is that's the trick is finding that thing that makes us feel good inside. And when we find that and then it's, recognizing the opportunities to share that with others uh that's a yeah that's a beautiful beautiful gift so if you get that feeling that something feels good that's sure sign that you're on a a great path yeah and just continue that onwards it's true and Mm. interestingly enough some of the the women that i've been working with we sort of did like a anti-anxiety um little class and course around it and one of the practices of with the somatic work that i do is to start recognizing like where you feel good and where you feel like yourself and there was quite a few other practices involved in this little course but that one i had the most feedback on for people who were like you know i never really thought about that or i'm not quite sure what makes me feel good or makes me feel like myself so it was really interesting this huge piece of of like our humanity that i think we just don't really pay attention to in our day to day. We're so busy trying to solve problems and fix like what's wrong or feel better that, you know, when we do feel good, there isn't that invitation to really embody it and take it on and, and, uh, Mm. you know, create more of it. So that was interesting to see. Oh, I bet you. And I bet you it was, it was beautiful for the participants to, to recognize that too. I could only imagine. And so you see, sometimes I think we have to go back to, what when we were a ch- child, what made us feel good then? Like what were some of the things that make us feel good? And then when we, when we can reflect on some of those things that might give us a little hint of where we can, what we can try even now in our lives, because oftentimes as we grow up and we become professionals and we get into jobs and then we have a family to support, we forget what did make us feel good. And so if we can just tap back into some of that we might unearth some you know i've only just started singing again i Mm. i I hadn't been singing publicly for maybe close to 10 years now and i was scared to sing again i had a singing i was at a youtube conference uh, the other week in melbourne and i ended with a song and and i'm telling you i was as nervous as anything but afterwards i realized that oh my goodness this is a this is now a part of my calling as well to introduce singing back into my work. 
um, because it gives to others and it gives to myself. So it's a win-win. And it feels, just feels so good to, to tap into that again and, and to be able to share that with others. And Yeah. Were you trained as a singer? I know you. Yeah, yeah. I was. Tra- mm-hmm. I went through lots of training. Uh, I started off, you know, in choir when I was seven or eight years of old, of age, and uh, and then lots of private lessons, and then lots of competitions and a Steadfords and talent quests, and, wow. and then you know began to do then uh, you know the Sydney club circuit in clubs in Sydney. So it was a it was a huge passion of mine, but. Just when I went through that rough patch, I just I let it all go, um, and now I'm glad I got it back, and I'm beginning to write my own stuff now, and and have a songwriter who's producing some stuff with me, and it's just Beautiful. it's so good. I feel I actually feel like a child again. I'm telling you now. I I, I was so excited, like I was just bust wanting to bust <laughs> out and just let everyone know I can sing, I can sing. <laughs> You look really excited. Your whole face became very animated when you started talking about it. Yeah, yeah. You see. <laughs> what? So, what's yeah. kind of? How has your musical style changed? Like, were you a rocker back in the day, and now you're no, not? No. Or no, no, I've never been into rock. It was more. I was more into like it was more musical theater, cabaret style. Mm. Uh, but now that I'm writing my own work, and I'm comb- my songs are meaningful songs to to help people to inspire people that's that's why i'm excited because i'm singing these songs that not only inspire myself in writing them they help me you know there's a song called dare to fly and it's about you know that we all go through these rock rocky pathways and that but uh you know uh, one of my lines of the song is you know our heart our destiny is only a heartbeat away and uh it's true, you know, we, we just, we must never give up even through those darkest of days because just around the corner uh, we can find that beautiful light without wanting to sound too corny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true though and, I, you know, I think when we do go through those really dark times, it's almost like the light is that much brighter and more brilliant and we become infused with that much more passion for our lives. Um, having been through those real low dark places, I think you, you, Mm. the potential to come out of that really renewed is, is astounding. Absolutely. I I fully agree with that. Like that. I think when, when we, get to come out of those really dark places, then we really, really, like I, I, I value life immensely now, all walks of life and all people, much more respect than I ever had, uh, certainly in my 20s and early 30s where I just, I don't know, I think it was all, it must have all been about me, me, me back then. I just really didn't, yeah. I mean, I wasn't cruel, but, but yeah, I, I have a much greater um, compassion for humanity and mm-hmm. for the wildlife and the world we live in. Yeah, mm. that's great. With your with your music, do any of your meditations? Do you, like I know you have oftentimes a lot of really lovely background music. Is that mm. often from composers that you know, or people that you know, or is any of your own music in there? No, none of my own music is in there. They're composers that we work with. Uh, and I've been blessed along the way again to work with composers that 
you know, the beautiful musicians that uh, know their craft well and uh, we have a great working relationship. I've been with one musician now for maybe three or four years now. And um, so, yeah, got a great team of three, oh. three musicians and, yeah, really good, good people. And as far as the um, the language that you use in your meditations, where do you come up with with the the creativity that you have? Is that just all born of your own experience, or those do those ever come from dreams or from yeah, jur- okay. journaling or anything else? All, like, all over the place, really. And for some, some come from even grabbing ideas from the web. Uh, some come from some come from dreams. Some come from uh, other people, subscribers saying, could you do a meditation on this or could you do a meditation on that? And again, like I, I work with a, closely with a writer now uh, who, you know, we, I come up with, present her with ideas and stuff and, and she is, I, I, I'm so excited by this writer because when she writes for me, it's like she has reached into my mind she writes exactly the words that my soul wants to speak. Mm. It's, I can't believe this, this match that we have because every time we have a discussion and we, we pres- I present the, script, the idea to her and the script comes back and it's like when I'm reading that script, it's like it's, like it's just me talking. It's hard to explain. It's like it's just coming. She has tapped into my soul and has put the work there on the paper. And so we have this synergy going on that is, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, that's <laughs> very amazing. Very lucky to have her. Yeah. <laughs> and I know um, you said that sometimes people will ask you for meditations on things. What are some mm. of the bigger requests that you get or the more frequent requests? Wow. Um, lots on, um, well, I'll, a heap on uh, anxiety issues. It's probably Mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones and post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot on various health issues. Uh, And, and of course there's so many that I can't do them all. And, and because, yeah, it's, so I, I sometimes have to have a, almost like a generic health and healing one, you know, that can help all types of people for all different things. Depression is another one that comes up a lot, but but I would say probably uh, anxiety, panic attacks, um, mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest. Have you found yeah. anything in particular um, in terms of meditation or other practices that have helped that that portion of the population? Like, have you tried a couple different things as far as um, try this, you know, guided meditation for anxiety versus this, and seen? better results with one versus mm. another or any just anxiety certainly is a big issue. So I know a lot of the women mm. that I work with and a lot of the the people in my audience, it's deal with anxiety. So I'm always curious, mm. you know, as to what, mm. what different techniques seem to work or what you found in the work that you produce. Um, mm. That's especially helpful for, for people. Yeah. I think there's one I've got that say uh, for extreme panic attacks and, uh, uh, that one that can help with an instant calm that it's almost like a go-to that they can just quickly put on if they're going through anything, any rough, really rough times. And, and that helps and that just purely focuses on first straight. The first thing we do is there's no sort of 
introduction. It's just like let's get into it and let's start breathing, deep breathing and being aware of our breath. And as soon as that, as soon as that kicks in, because that's all we need sometimes is just to breathe. I, you know, I remember, you know, during my rough time and this was another reason why I wanted to get into meditation, but during my dark time, I remember for the first time in my life having panic attacks. I had never had a panic attack. And, in fact, I didn't even know what it was and thought I was having a heart attack. Mm. Um, and it was a, a, a terrible experience. Interestingly enough, I remember the doctor, I went to the doctors and I was, you know, really worried about it. And she just, I'll never forget what she said to me. She just said, oh, she said, don't worry. She said, you probably just had a panic attack. Everything's okay. And left it at that. <laughs> and I'm like, I had to go home and remember, look up, what, what is a panic attack? She, it's like nothing explained. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, okay, well, that's okay then. You know, I just, <laughs> yeah. You're not dying, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a, a rough time. And so, um, yeah, any time, I think breathing the focusing of the breath is a huge, plays a huge role. Uh, so that's often brought into a lot of my uh, anxiety meditations. Mm. Mm. And I know you do an awful lot with sleep. As I mentioned, that's how I found you. Um, do you find that insomnia is, again, a hugely prevalent issue? Like do people request that yeah. from you? Is that why you started doing sleep meditations? Yes, it is actually. When I first started doing meditations, uh, there were uh, across-the-board meditations for for all different things, you know. It might have been for depression. It might have been to feel good. It might have been for anxiety uh, and just guided meditations in general. And what I found was people were saying, uh, could you do one for sleep to help me to sleep? And so I started to do uh, a couple of those, and it was then that I recognized that they started to just gain traction. People were wanting these sleep meditations, like they were devouring these sleep meditations. And I realized that I thought, whoa, hold on a minute. This this is needed. Mm -hmm. And so many people have sleep issues out there. It's unbelievable. It is. Um, I, I, I honestly had no idea. And even people I meet here in Australia, I can be at a conference or something and they don't even know who I am and they'll find out just directly speaking and say, oh, man, you've helped me sleep. You've helped me sleep so much. And just so many people have, have sleeping problems. Yeah. So why, do you, why do you think that is? I mean, I have my thoughts I, on it, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a number of issues and, and I... I'm starting to think because our world seems to be getting faster in terms of um, on-demand, 24-7, uh, with, with social media at our side and almost probably I would even dare say social media addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more expectations of us now to, to, to work hard and then, you know, women are going back to work as well, and so there's so they're a, a couple are working, uh, and then dealing with the children when they get home, and that their our minds are just so wound up that they can't slow down, mm-hmm. and this is why I think um, meditation now is almost 
it's it's necessary for a lot of people now just yeah. to function day to day and of course you know once we can't sleep once we have trouble sleeping then everything begins to spiral down and down and down because we're not getting enough sleep so then we become resentful and angry and then we take that out on other people and our lives can be miserable yeah yeah it is really mm. a downward spiral when you take some mm. sleep out of it <clears throat> do you feel like with some of your sleep meditations you're actually bringing people into a hypnotic state like do you feel like you're a little bit of a hypnotist or doing work along those lines of subtle hypnosis yeah i I think so. I think um, here's an interesting thing that I'll just sidetrack for a moment. Uh, I used to do a bit of acting as well, and I remember uh, auditioning for this show, and I didn't make this particular show. And one of the leading actresses who who had already got the part, she said to me, um, oh, Jason, I don't think you're good enough for this. And she said, because your voice puts me to sleep. She said, you're so monotonous. Hmm. And it really hurt me back then. It really and truly hurt me. And that was probably the time when also things were already spiralling out of control for me. And now I'm getting paid to put people <laughs> to sleep. And, Perfect. And my voice is somehow, you know, it might be boring for acting, but it's certainly not boring to put people to sleep. So I, I think I've... I've tapped into this now of uh, when I do these recordings of I have an intention before I record to make people feel at home, to make people feel as comfortable as they possibly can be and as relaxed as they can be. And that's my commitment now. Every time I do a recording, I set an intention before that recording. I want to reach the people. Um, Otherwise, there's no point in me even doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think in setting that intention alone, it must transfer through the microphone and into the recording. And so it, it must help a little. It has to help. Oh, it certainly helps. Yeah. Have you ever done any like training for hypnosis or that just kind of comes through naturally? It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done training for hip- hypnosis. No. It's something that uh, is on my radar and something I may very well, you know, do into the future. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows? I'm leaving that open for sure. Yeah. Mm. What's your studio or your space like where you record when you were just talking about that? I had this picture of like a planetarium for some reason <laughs> and you just did a really nice recliner with a microphone. That's, that's probably not accurate. No, if you if you only could see it now, um, no, it's in fact uh, this room that I'm in, and it's probably a bit e- echoey now. Uh, but it, it, I record from here, from in, in this room. But what I do, uh, I've got these little soundproofing baffles, and I mm. just surround the microphone within these this cube like thing, mm. and and talk directly into the microphone. Uh, so it's it becomes almost like. Uh, an intimate conversation when I'm speaking into that microphone. So that's, that's my studio. (laughs) Well, that quality really comes across though, from somebody who listens to your meditations, especially when I put the headphones on, it Mm. it does feel like I'm just in this kind of otherworldly space where you're talking directly to me and guiding me through the meditations. And I'm sure I'm not the, yeah, it's great. 
It's oh, lovely. It's very helpful. Really glad to hear that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. What other, other than meditation, like what other daily practices do you have or regular practices do you have that you feel like help keep you centered and on your path and moving forward? Mm. I'm blessed to have a, 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 my dog and uh, he's almost 20 now. He'll be 20 next year. And he still goes for two walks a day. Wow. And I'm telling you, those morning walks and the afternoon walks, that is what helps me so much um, just to get me out and to appreciate outside. And, and of course, I'm, I'm here in the country at the moment. I, I'm planning to move here for, on a full-time basis from next year. I love the country. Mm-hmm. I love the peace here. I'm very blessed to be where I'm at. But, yeah, it's, for me, it's, uh, it's my meditation practice in the morning and I usually do 20 minutes to half an hour of silence and then get up, make my regular cup of tea. <laughs> I love my tea in the mornings and then do a little tiny bit of work but then go for my walk with my dog and, and uh, I think it's my dog that is helping me so much. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, great. he's in his last years, so uh, I'm really, yeah, just enjoying this time with him. And, and of course, uh, I've, I've got to say uh, family and friends. Without that support, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I love my friends and I love my family dearly and I'm very lucky to have beautiful people in my life, mm. lots of that beautiful helps. people. Helps a lot. Mm. What does your family think about what you've built and what you're creating? They're, they're sometimes they're still amazed to this day. Uh, I remember, <laughs> it's interesting, I remember first telling my mum, you know, that I'm doing this YouTube stuff and she said, well, I don't understand, you know, how can you make money? I said, mum, can, I can make money on this. I can, you know, I'm, I'm, and then when I quit my job and she said, I, she said, Jay, are you stealing the money? Like, how are you getting that money? I don't. And I said, no, mom. I said, this is through, it's like TV through ad revenue. You know, you get paid for, they get paid. And I said, it's all, it's all legit. It's all above board. There's nothing wrong with this, mom. So, are you stealing? She thought I was taking it from some company or something. I said, no, mom, it's okay. It's all safe. What kind of job were you working at the time? Oh, I've had I've had like numerous jobs, and my last two jobs I was at working at Virgin as a as a what do you call it a, a cabin crew member. Oh, like a flight uh, attendant. Flight attendant. Yeah, oh, I did for, that for a while too. Did you really? Virgin's a good company, though. You were with one of the poshier ones. Man, they were a beautiful. They looked after me so well. They were one of the great companies. I loved that job. Mm-hmm. I dearly loved it, but there was a, a an ache inside me to do my to do what I, you know, my calling and what mm-hmm. I felt. And, uh, and then just after that I was there and then I had to work part-time because I wasn't earning too much money. So I was working, um, dealing with uh, crystals, mm. healing crystals and gemstones and, and uh, that was good too. I enjoyed that as well. Is that something you bring into your meditation practice at all? Do you have crystals and... Uh, I'm not heavily into it now. I was into it quite a bit back then when in my early days, uh, but no, not so much now. I, but I, I love them. I, I, I admire them. Yeah. Yeah. Natural minerals. Um, mm. So for anybody who really wants to start a meditation practice and, 
And I think particularly for my audience, which is more along the lines of sober women and women that are in recovery for alcohol addiction. Um, I know we talked about using some of the resources that are online, but is there any other advice that you would give to people at this stage who are maybe trying to implement meditation or trying to stick with it, or they're in that headspace of, I've tried this already. It doesn't work for me. Um, Cause that's something I hear a lot is like, Oh, I've already tried it and it doesn't work. Um, or any yeah. other ways to get started that you'd recommend? It's a, it's a really good question. And it's, here's the one thing I'm going to say that uh, really go gentle on yourself, go mm-hmm. easy on yourself. And because what happens is sometimes if we miss a day or two, uh, the first thing is the mind can start to beat ourselves up over it and say, Oh, forgotten again, or I haven't done it again and, and start getting angry with ourselves. Or I, and I can't do it and I can't commit, but I just say, just keep getting back up on that, that horse, you know, just, do it again and again and again. And what I've found over time is it, it's a really, it's hard thing because meditation is not something you see quick benefits for. And in this day and age, we like to see, you know, outcomes quickly. Um, but what happens is it's progressive and you'll begin to have this, uh, uh, you'll begin to feel this inside and you might not even feel it. Someone else outside of your outside of you they might say you know you you feel more you seem more calm or more peaceful and so sometimes it's outside of ourselves that can recognize it first Uh, but i just say um you know one of the best things you could do is if you can get in a group uh, find a local meditation group um, or or buddy up with someone that will help you with your commitment to it uh, rather than doing it on your own, even finding an online group that supports each other, uh, because we we need that. We need Absolutely. that help because it's so easy to drop off the the wagon and then you know we and I've done this. I've I've done this. You know I've done this a few times, but uh, if I miss a day's practice now, I just go, okay, just I've, I've missed a day's practice. It's okay. Let's begin again now. Mm-hmm. let's begin now just keep going back to it just keep going back yeah yeah it's good advice yeah well jason it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you thanks so much for for coming on is there anything uh anything else you'd like to share or announce or present to the the world via this format uh well first of all i'd just like to thank you and, and thank the listeners out there for tuning in and you know i hope to do a tour of Australia next year to reach people and then also the following year um, definitely coming to the USA, Canada and United Kingdom. So if you're listening in, uh, maybe keep your ears out and uh, we might meet one day. Yeah, I'd be. I'd recommend it for anybody listening to make it a point to, to get to spend some time with Jason. Thank and then you. for Pete, you're welcome for people who want to find you. Um, where are some places that they could go and find you online? Uh, you can look up uh, Jason Stevenson meditation on Facebook. And also if you just do a uh, search, um, Jason Stevenson search on YouTube, you'll no doubt come across my work on um, YouTube meditations and Basically, uh, if you want, I'm giving away, if you want to join my mailing email list, I'm giving away a free guided sleep meditation so you can try it out. 
and also we do a weekly email out and that's at uh, if you go to www.jasonstevenson.net and then you'll be taken to the page and you can put in your email and we'll keep you up to date with things as well perfect all right well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure thank you alice